Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 14th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist by Olive Blake. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, everyone has talent. What's rare is the courage to follow it to the dark places where it leads by Erica Young. So we are drinking Midsummer from Sip a Spell. It is a very fruity tea, especially for summer. And today we're talking about lemon verbena. So this comes to us from CornellBotanicGardens.org. Vervain. So steeped in legends and lore, herbs provide a physical link to the beliefs and practices of people through the ages. A common element among ancient worldviews was the belief in supernatural agencies, benevolent and malevolent forms, thought to control natural phenomena such as weather, success or failure of crops and harvests, the abundance or absence of wildlife, as well as the health and prosperity of an individual, family, or community. People turned to plants not only for food and medicines that alleviated pain and suffering, but also as a means of connecting with the spiritual realm. Several of these plants acted as a bridge to the supernatural part of the world, and this would um, be extensive in collections, which you can find in Herbs of Ancients, Herbs in Literature, and Medicinal Herbs uh, in books. So, Vervain. Vervain, also known as verbena, is the enchanter's herb. It has a long association with magical and spiritual practices going back in time to ancient Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans, as well as the Celtic Druids. Vervain's primary role was to protect believers against evil spells or negative energy and to purify sacred places such as altars, ceremonial implements, temples, and private dwellings. I thought that was very, very neat. Actually, I'm going to save this article because this could be actually a great series to go over kind of these super magical, uh, supernatural herbs. So I'm going to save that. Okay, going over to our headlines today. This comes to us from mylondonnews.com. London's oldest occult bookshop is a must-visit for every discerning witch. And this is from Laura Breveridge. So occult, bookshop, magic, who wouldn't be intrigued by these three words? Famous practitioners of the occult from W.B. Yeats to Aleister Crowley certainly were uh, as they set foot into the shop, which ornate glass window bears them. The Atlantis Bookshop in Bloomsbury is known as the birthplace of modern witchcraft. Founded in 1922, it is today run 
by mother and daughter Geraldine and Bali Beskin, third and fourth generation practitioners of the arts occult. London's oldest independent occult bookshop once held coven meetings hosted by famous occultists Gerald Gardner, credited with publishing uh, or publicizing Wicca culture in the early 20th century. And today, its current owners offer the assurance that its premises are still used for magical group meetings while attracting visitors from around the world who photograph its intricate window displays. Yeah, this is absolutely beautiful. The picture looks out of a storybook. Geraldine said, I'm very proud of witchcraft. It's the only religion the UK has ever given to the world, and its religion was a sacred beating heart. We work with the moon, the seasons of the year, and we respect the earth. Very neat. I think she means Wicca. Wicca is the UK religion of witchcraft, but yes. For the veteran witch to magical novice, the Atlantis Bookshop offers everything from new to uh, books, tarot cards, spell candles... Even props from movies and TVs such as Midsummer Murders. Very cool. I would definitely like to check this out before, like, if I ever go to the UK. It's very neat. And if anything, it's just like such a historic place. That's really cool. All right, witches. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, July 14th. The waning crescent moon continues to move and shake in Gemini today. Here, the moon squares Neptune. A square to Neptune can make it difficult to see the road ahead of you. We may be having a hard time getting a handle on our feelings. The moon in Gemini wants to logic things out and to follow things to their natural conclusion. When Neptune gets involved, things cease to be linear and logic loses its grip. Don't try to make sense of today. Things will unfold in the way they're meant to, and there's not much we can do today to direct the events that are playing out around us. Your daily moon mantra is, life is a lot more magical when we let go of expectations. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olivia Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olivia Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, witches. So today is our last day as we are talking about planning and organizing in little ways we can just make our day-to-day lives a little better. So we talked already about weekly and monthly resets, uh, giving into novice and novel ideas and activities. And today I wanted to share some ideas from YouTuber Michelle B. 
who talks about little habits she does that are very particular that she believes makes her life a little better. And I really liked these and I wanted to share them. And I also think while these may not be magical themselves, uh, my personal spiritual belief, which I'm not saying everyone has to agree with, all of our spiritual beliefs are different. I try to not really share mine too much because it's, again, personal. Uh, but my personal spiritual belief is that we are very powerful and we have the ability to choose how kind the world is to us. And that is not to say bad things will never happen. It's not to say you've, you deserve bad things that have happened to you. I don't believe in that at all. I actually tell people to run from people who say that but I do believe that we are all a part of a grand system and the better we put into the world the better that system serves us and that is just kind of how I like to live my life and of course I live it better some days and years and months than others right I definitely have had a year or two where I'm not proud of what I've put in the world and the part I've played in the system. And then I have other times where I feel like I was doing a really good cognizant job at uh, being present and what I put into the world. So it's not a perfect practice, but it is my practice and it is my belief. Um, But I liked a few of these tips she gave. And one of them was monitoring what you intake in terms of media in the world. So she was saying that there had been a study recently published that showed we can actually rewire our brains based off of the content we intake, right? And I actually heard this. I saw this news article come up when they were talking about books, like the type of books you read will actually change your brain and it goes for all kinds of content so she was talking about how if we choose to expose ourselves to content of people who are being kind and who are gracious and who are helping their world and their society we are going to see that more in the world and we're going to feel maybe less angry or bitter or negative, right? And I'm trying to be careful here not to sound too toxic positivity because I don't believe in that at all. But I do see what she's saying, you know, like when your Instagram feed is cozy bookshops and maybe uh, low lit rooms with a sweater and a cup of hot chocolate, that feels different than the same news article just reworded for the 30th time for clickbait. You know what I mean? And it's not about being ignorant to what's going on in the world, but do we really need to see the same headline for the 50th time from now a 20-year-old TikToker's take who actually doesn't have any more information than the next person, you know? And I will say I'm definitely... A victim of that or I or compliant in that oh my gosh I when that submersible was missing you bet your butt I was listening to any take I could get and like did I really need to do that no and I like the idea that if we choose to intake content that is softer 
and gentler. Uh, maybe our nervous system won't be so fired up all the time and so adrenaline based. And that's definitely something I know I need to work on personally. The next thing she recommended, which I actually really love because I have actually seen people uh, fall victim to this, uh, fighting off bitterness and resentment. And the quote uh, that I'm sure you've heard is resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It just hurts us, right? And from a psychological point of view, I remember when I was in school and we were learning about the four horsemen of divorce, I remember resentment being pretty much the hardest one to come back from. Once you resent somebody, it is very difficult to undo that. So can we avoid resentment and bitterness? And I will say from a perspective, uh, and you, you kind of have to make the choice. And it takes time. It definitely takes time. I'll say I have seen friends who are maybe a little older than me. I've actually have witnessed them realizing the, like they are no longer the primary demographic for all things. And watch them just become bitter. And they're mad at... Um, the new generation and oh have you heard of you know um you know little nas x and like he won this award Ugh, who i don't care and like this just bitterness this bitterness that they are just no longer the catered to demographic and i promised myself a long time ago i would not be that person I would not become bitter because I'm not catered to by the world, you know, and that is something I noticed real, real early on and something I have personally really worked to fight against. And again, it's not always perfect, right? Sometimes it does sneak up on you and you have to kind of stop yourself and whatever, but I'm never going to snub at the new whatever's right the new actors or the new musicians or the new social media platforms and uh, I'm going to at least try really hard not to because I don't want to get to a point where I'm living my life in a world of bitterness and resentment especially resentment so uh, they say resentment is stems from the shoulds the should have's and the could have's right so let's do an example of this. Um, let's say I have a friend who was supposed to meet me for dinner, but she overslept and now I have to cancel this thing or she canceled last minute or whatever. So that's something that would really bother me because I tend to plan my day very strategically. And if I kind of had been waiting to do something all day and plan my day around it, and then someone kind of canceled it because of a careless mistake, that is something I think I personally maybe could get resentful over. And resentment looks like, well, she should have uh, set an alarm and she could have napped earlier. That's resentment, right? And that is what leads us to hating people in our lives and it's really hard to come back from so how can we battle this how can we battle bitterness and resentment uh the heal model is the one uh michelle b shared on her youtube and the first one is hope instead of saying 
well, she should have set her alarm and she should have napped earlier and then we wouldn't have missed our reservation. It can be, you know, I really hoped we wouldn't have uh, missed our reservation. I would have hoped she would have prioritized it, uh, but she didn't. And now this is the result. And it's not letting people get away with terrible actions. It's not letting people get away with hurting you. It's not letting people get away with overstepping your boundaries. But it's just choosing to not poison yourself because of it, right? And instead going, okay, I hoped she would have done this, but she didn't. Maybe next time. I'll make a dinner plan with maybe somebody else, right? Because if some people just aren't good at making plans and instead of hating them for it, we can do the E in heal, which is educate. And we can educate ourselves and go, you know what? Some people just, and I do think this to be true, some people just have no sense of time and some people just do not prioritize reservations the way I do. Uh, some people just do not have the same sense of social norms as maybe I have culturally. And some people just um, are wired differently. Right? So I'm kind of educating myself on, okay, this wasn't necessarily a malicious attack. Right. This is just a different human being with different wiring. Right. And then the A in heal is affirm. So you can affirm, um, you know, I really would have liked to have gone to dinner, but you know what? I can uh, make a reservation to the same place next week. I actually have a friend coming in town. Um, I know she's much more in line with how I like to plan and then we'll do it then. It'll be absolutely wonderful. My friend didn't mean to hurt me. Now I just kind of know that that's not an activity that we maybe do together if this is something that's a habit. Right. So, again, it's not letting someone get away with it and not overstepping your boundaries because now I'm adjusting. Right. Let's say this is the third time this person has been late or we've had to cancel because they can't manage their time. Now I'm just learning. This is not a friend I do those things with. I'm not getting angry. I'm not getting bitter. I'm not getting that mean old lady face when you just mad at everybody. Instead, I'm just choosing to learn about the people around me and figure out who is best suited for certain activities. And then finally, uh, the L in heel is to long-term commit to this because it's not easy. You have to kind of stop yourself mid-thought and kind of purposefully do this. And then over time, you'll find yourself doing it less. And then eventually you'll find you don't have to try at all. Um, and it's similar to how I have really tried not to get bitter as I've gotten older. That is something I decided a long time ago I was going to try to avoid because I didn't like seeing it on other people and I didn't want to be someone who was seen that way. And so I made that choice a long time ago. And again, it's not perfect, right? We're not perfect people. Sometimes we're tired and, we, we're, and we're grumpy and we will go, oh, I don't care about the new app. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a perfect system. But trust me, I have seen people who really let let it get to them and it's not pretty and it's not a cute way to behave. Um, bitterness is not a way I want to be, you know. 
And the third thing she shared in her video was noticing limiting beliefs. However, not shaming yourself for them. And this was actually a completely different take than what I thought she was going to go with. So noticing when we have limiting beliefs of, oh, I'm really bad at social interactions. I shouldn't even go to that party because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm going to embarrass myself. Now, some people will go, well, why do you believe that about yourself? And you need to stop assuming, um, like you need to stop limiting yourself to this because you're going to miss out on all this stuff. Instead of doing that, instead of shaming yourself and being judgmental with yourself, you can view limiting beliefs more like helicopter parents. Maybe a little extreme, maybe a little aggressive, but they are trying to protect you from something, right? So if I were to ask myself, okay, let's say I have social anxiety and I don't want to go to the event because I don't want to say something silly and embarrass myself. Instead of being hard on myself for that feeling, I can actually just ask myself, okay, what am I protecting myself from? What is this belief protecting myself from? And it's like, okay, well, it's protecting myself from hurt and pain because you've been in that situation numerous times, right? These feelings usually come from somewhere and they usually come from the need to protect yourself from pain that you have experienced. So when you start looking at limiting beliefs, like maybe extreme ways of protecting ourselves, we can maybe actually work at solving the underlying issue if it's something we wish to do, instead of just being hard on ourselves and judgmental on ourselves. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I do think that uh, overall changing our thought processes and our beliefs and how we treat ourselves and how we treat each other and how we treat the world, I do think it lends to our overall uh, magical bank accounts, I guess, if you want to word it that way but I do think it makes us better spiritual beings. And um, I'm not going to claim any of it's easy, right? It's really hard. I've been trying for like a month to spend one day not on TikTok and I keep failing. It's This is not a flip switch fix, right? This is stuff that takes time and takes purpose and intention and practice, but I do genuinely believe it will make things easier and gentler and better for our mental health and our sanity. So there we go. All right, witches. I am wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Rebecca. Rebecca, you bedazzled, bombastic oracle. Tammy Ann, you earthy avant-garde selkie. Audrey Grabowski, you kind, beautiful sunsets. And Cassidy Tunnell, Cassidy, you cunning, sophisticated gazelle. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card today is the Ace of Sights from the Buffy Tarot. The Ace of Sights notes the beginning of a journey. On this path, you are called to use your power with intent. Scythes can mow and reap and crush as well as create, depending on how they're wielded. Will you use the blade to break bonds, sever toxic connections, and activate the potential in others? 
or will you use it to secure personal gain? Here's the part where you make a choice. All right, witches, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>